Face Podcast with Pete, Craig and Rick. Welcome back to the Footy Face Podcast, the place to tune into if you're hungry for more footy content. Here with episode 13, I think now, boys. Uh, big semi-finals round on the weekend. Uh, we had a few, obviously, a couple of teams knocked out, Melbourne and Frio. Craig's a happy man this week with Collingwood going through. But how are we this week, boys? Uh, pretty good. Collingwood made it through. Uh, very busy weekend. Um, and Norwood also made it through to the SANFL Grand Final. So I am very happy that all my football teams are still going at this point of the season. It's a very good year to be Craig. Um, yeah. Rick, how are you going? Yeah, I'm going good. I don't like the fact that you want Norwood to win because we're North Adelaide supporters because of our guest on here next week. So stay tuned for that one. But um, other than that, going pretty good. Just still pumping out the Renos, getting close to finishing. Um, yeah, so pretty good. What about you, Pete? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, I'm keen to talk about the finals, which we're going to move into next. Uh, so we just briefly touched on it, but Craig's a happy man. So um, let's kick off with the Collingwood since you're uh, all about it. Uh, my thoughts. Um, pretty solid performance from Collingwood. Never looked like losing. Um, was reasonably confident going into this one. Um, those who needed to perform did perform. Jack Jennifer for the first goal scorer. God, if you've had him this year on sports bet, you would have made a bit of money. He's done that a couple of times now. He tends to go a bit quiet after he kicks the first one, though. But, um, no, nah, good result. Got to tidy up in front of goals. But um, we are going into the Sydney game. Confident is not the right word. We're going into the Sydney game to represent and see what happens. I'm not overly confident. Um, but, yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened. I think uh, this might have been the first – I could be totally wrong here, but I'm pretty sure it's one of the first finals games where – the team that was leading at quarter time actually won the game. Yeah, it was. The first week it didn't happen at all. Um, yeah. And then Collingwood held the lead all day and Freeman would kick like four of the last five, I heard. So, um, I mean, I watched, but I didn't really notice that. So, the margin flattered them. Good year from Fremantle. Um, they'd be pretty happy with that. The game was in Perth. It might have been a different story. Um, so, they would be pretty happy with their season. They have a good uh, base to lift off. Uh, yeah. That did, you get to, my did you get to watch this game, Rick? No, I didn't watch this game, but I did watch the other game. All right, well, that'll take us into the other game, Melbourne-Brisbane. Obviously, Melbourne knocked out. Um, what were your thoughts on that game, Rick? Um, it was a good game of football. It was pretty close back and forth, but um, I'm pretty sure it was the last quarter where Brisbane really started to um, change the lead um, and take a significant margin. Um, and then, yeah, so they were the better team on the day and they won. Might have also helped that... Uh, the best player on the other team got eye gouged, so his second half performance wasn't up to his normal standards. But you win some, you lose some, I guess. I haven't seen the outcome of that. Did they appeal the yeah, one they, game suspension? Yeah, they appeal and won, so he is available next week. So assume him to tag someone else and eye gouge someone. Whether you agree or not that he should have got a week for the eye gouge, if he didn't get off with the review and Cripps got off with that two weeks, then to me that was going to be very biased decision, so I wasn't surprised that he got off from the review. The thing is, like, an eye gouge that bad, like, if you've seen Clayton Oliver's face, like, they call UFC fights off for an eye gouge that damages like that, and he's getting zero weeks. This is something that needs to be out of the game, regardless of if it's an accident or not. 
they need to be suspended to learn the implications. Clayton Oliver could go blind from an eye gouge that bad. So, yeah, I just think it's pretty poor that something that is a dirty malice act still hasn't infringed to the point where he hasn't got any weeks. Just a bit silly, I reckon. Yeah, they were talking about the the incident during the week and they were saying that they were going to argue the kind of provocation that he had his arm or forearm pinned on his throat. So, that's what they were arguing and that's why some of the appeal happened. So, so he did eye gouge in self-defense, you're saying? No, he's saying that he was... The, the reason that that happened was because he was get, trying to get him off him because of the reason of the uh, forearm to the throat. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, it's to accidentally eye gouge someone's pretty hard. If you're trying to get someone off of you, you're not reaching for their face with open fingers. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, any thoughts on that, Craig? Yeah, Clayton Oliver's pretty soft. He's a big baby. He's like, oh, umpire, look, he got my eyes. He didn't even get his eyes, honestly. Clayton Oliver... <laughs> or he wouldn't even be able to see his eyes with all the hair all over his face from his ugly dreadlocks full of poo. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there wasn't an eye gouge. He got off because there wasn't an eye gouge. Justice has been done. Um, yeah, move on from that one. Clayton Oliver just being a big baby. If he was too busy worried about his eyes, they might have won the football game because his eyes must have been closed while he was getting dominated by Jared Berry in the second half. So... Sucked in Clayton Oliver. You might be the best player in football, but you just got schooled in the second half. So maybe you're not the best footballer anymore. There you go. So we'll move on from the semifinals into the prelim. We got uh, the first one this week on Friday night. Cats versus the Lions. Cats are paying $1.30 for the win and Lions are paying $3.50. We'll go through like we did the other week. Craig, who's your tip for this one? Uh, Geelong. We'll win this one. Rick? Yeah, I have Geelong as well, but I do want Brisbane to win. I have Geelong by a lot also. Not little margin. They will win this one super comfortably. And moving on to Saturday night, it's uh, 4.15pm this game on Saturday. Swans v Collingwood. Swans paying $1.38. Collingwood $3.05. Craig, who's your tip? My tip is Sydney. Um, They should win that one quite comfortably also, I would think. And Rick, who are you tipping? My tip is also Sydney, and I also hope Sydney win. Right. Well, I think, yeah, Geelong's going to take it over the Lions, and I'm going for an upset, and I think Collingwood are going to scrape the scrape the barrel and get over the Swans. Yeah, well, if that's the case, I may be making a mad dash over for the grand final if that's the case. So we will see what happens. Not counting my chickens yet. Or figuring out if I'm going to make a mad dash and spend lots of money yet either. Just a couple of quick shout-outs. So, Gussie Footy and Cricket asked us to give prelim predictions. So, shout-out to you. And then we have another question surrounding finals from BaxArm47. Who will win the grand final and who are you going for? Well, I did the AFL predictor uh, after the minor rounds and before the finals. And my prediction through my tips was Geelong v Collingwood which is still a possibility. That's why I've gone for the upset this week. I think that they possibly could upset the Swans, but at the end of the day, I think Geelong is going to win it overall. I have Geelong and Sydney making the grand final, and if they do make the grand final, I have Sydney winning the grand final, and I think you can probably put a Callum Mills in for the Norm Smith medal as well. I think it's the year, Sydney. They just look cherry ripe. Geelong do too, but 
Yeah. Something's got to give. Yeah, I agree with you. I actually think if Sydney make the GF, they're going to win as well. I reckon their young players are going to feel the excitement and buzz of the game and they're all just going to get up, get around it. They're already a good defensive, accountable team. Like They've got a good mixture of young and old players and I just reckon they'll get it done on the big day if they get there. Yeah, they don't appear like, daunted by the MCG. They came over and smashed Melbourne here during the year and a couple of other teams, so I think, yeah, they will handle the big stage well. All right, that finishes the finals wrap-up. All right, boys, the fake trades are back. I think we missed last week's, but let's um, crack on with these. So the first one, Tigers receive Tim Taranto and Hopper. Giants receive Soldo, pick 12, pick 19, and a future first round pick. What do we think? Uh, All right, I'll take that one away. Richmond get Taranto and Hopper, happy with that. 12 and 19 and a future first, which could be anywhere from 12 to 18. So you get two picks in the teens, three picks in the teens, and Soldo for Taranto and Hopper. Uh, Don't mind this trade on paper. It's going to be hard to get better picks than that for the Giants. So I would take that trade, by the way. That's a no deal for me. Tim Taranto was a number three draft pick just by himself. They're not even getting a substantial pick back. Like, you've lost a number three pick, and the best pick you get back is pick 12. No thanks. And then they're taking Jacob, Hop- Jacob Hopper as well. Nah, that'd be a no for me. Oh, and you're getting a fringe Ruckman, and you've already got a team with three Ruckman. So the players are relevant in that trade as well. Fair enough. What's next? All right, this one is there's three teams involved, and it's got the ins and outs. So uh, Tigers... In Taranto, Hopper, out, pick 12, pick 19, a future first pick, Jack Graham and Soldo. Second team is Crows, in Jack Graham, pick 12, a future first round pick, and out is pick five, Matt Crouch. Giants, in Soldo, Matt Crouch, pick five, pick 19, and obviously out is the Taranto and Hopper. I like this trade on all fronts. I think Richmond, they lose a future first, um, but then get in, and they lose pick 12, but they also get in pick five. So that's what they're trading out for pick five. And they get Mac Crouch as well as a bit of the steak knives. Jack Graham goes to the Crows where he might make the best team there. Um, Yeah, I don't mind this trade on paper either. Works out for me. I'm happy with that. Everyone wins. The um the best part of that that trade is if it was to go ahead, Craig, is that you get to watch your favourite player, Jack Graham, at Adelaide Oval most weekends. Yeah, that would be a tough pill to swallow, but uh, at least I can boo him weekly, right, or every two weeks, rather than um just boo him from afar. Yeah, this trade probably is better on all fronts, but I still think Ivan Soldo needs to be replaced with a different player from Richmond who might also be on the fringe. Um, so, like, there was the Richmond best 23. If they're not going to play Liam Baker, Liam Baker's more handy to a team than Ivan Soldo that already has three Ruckman. Fair assessment. All right, last one that we're going to do that we port receive Junior Rioli, a future second pick, and Eagles receive Georgiadis and a third round pick. Yeah, good trade. Uh, Rioli is better than Georgiadis. So, um, sorry, yeah, that was a I future like, second round. I like that deal for uh, Port Adelaide. They get Junior Rioli. He's a star, um, has had an excellent career. George Yardis, bit of a hack. Um, 
yeah, I think Port win that one and Eagles get screwed over getting Georgiades. Yeah, good joke. I think uh, <laughs> I think we all know that that's a horrendous trade and if Port Adelaide <laughs> took that, uh, whoever's in charge needs to get sacked with Ken Hinckley. <laughs> Ken Hinckley gets dropped again for the sack. Episode 13 in a row. Ken Hinckley for the sack from Rick. All right, now we're going to, we just did some fake trades. Let's move on to the real trades. So the AFL trade radio kicked off again today for a teaser. It's back after the grand final. But what are we going to talk about this week, boys, for the real trades? Who we got? I think Rick's uh, going to run this segment because he's taken down his list. So um, he'll dish him out and me and Pete will, uh, I guess we'll all discuss. Let's go. All right, so first of all, Josh Dunkley. So obviously Port have offered him a deal. Brisbane... I don't know if they've offered him a deal, but there's interest, and Essendon have tabled him a deal. So, me personally, I hope he goes to Port. I do believe now the fact that he has kicked the can down the road because Brisbane are in finals, I do think Brisbane is his preference, personally. I think he suits both clubs really well. I think it'd be a lot harder to get to Brisbane unless some players are involved because their top picks are going to Will Ashcroft. Um, I think at Port he makes more sense next to Ollie Wines and Butters and Rosie. I think that forms a real dynamic midfield. His value is obviously very high, not two first-round picks. Definitely one, um, somewhere around the 10 mark will get it done. Um, I think Port's first pick straight swap for Dunkley is about right. Pete? Uh, <laughs> I would prefer probably to see him, well, I, I, I think Port's probably a better suit for him at the moment. Uh, It'll suit Port to have Dunkley there, but Rick and I were debating this just before the podcast in relation to what would happen with Brisbane's team if he was to go there, like the likes of Cam Rayner, Zach Bailey. Um, are they going to get uh, their being a bonnet given that they want some of those midfield minutes? But uh, do Brisbane need a Dunkley at the moment? Well, they're in a prelim final, so it depends how far they go this year. If they don't get it done, then perhaps they do. If they do win the flag, then perhaps they don't. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know how that would work with the team dynamics with bringing Dunkley in and certain players that, like Rick was saying before before the podcast, that we've promised some players some more midfield minutes, and then you're going to bring a Dunkley in. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it it would also just depend how much they rate Dunkley more than a Zach Bailey, more than a Cam Rayner, because like Pete said, if you bring in Josh Dunkley, will Ashcroft's playing next year? He'll be playing midfield. You've brought in two midfielders. That means Zach Bailey, Cam Rayner, no more midfield time. Because Jared Berry's proven that he's a good midfielder as well. So there just won't be space for all of them. And then you've got the risk of losing these other players. But like Craig said, they're going to have to bargain a trade player agreement. But the thing is, they're going to want... Western Bulldogs are probably going to want key defenders back. And they're not going to trade Harris Andrews for Josh Dunkley. So I do agree that they'll probably struggle to make a deal. Yeah, I think... um... If he goes to Brisbane, he's instantly their second best midfielder behind Lockie Neal. I think he jumps Rayner, he jumps Bailey, jumps Berry, jumps Lyons, um, becomes the second best midfielder in that team. At Port, he would jump to probably the second best midfielder on that team as well behind Ollie Wines. So I think they're both upgrades in the midfield for both teams. So um, there's benefits to him going to either. Just to stop you there, Rick is shocked that you just said Ollie Wines is better than Dunkley. Connor Rosie is the midfielder that's going to be better than Dunkley next year. I think Josh Dunkley will overpass Ollie Wines next year. Okay, so it goes Rosie, Dunkley, Wines. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so he's still the second best midfielder at Port. <laughs> just 
I know how highly Rick rates a Brownlow medal, so I didn't want to crush his Brownlow medal. Ollie Wines, Hall of Fame legend status. Just um, let kinda. him correct some of the finer details for you. Yeah, that's okay. It's important he does because I just got caught up in his Brownlow medal love for Ollie Wines. Um, fantasy scores, if he goes to Port, what are we thinking? Uh, he'll His fantasy scores will go up. Um, like you said, he's going to be a better player at Port. Um, he'd, lose, he'd lose four status at Port. Uh, I don't know because I think if, if Port did bring in Dunkley, I actually still see him and Connor Rosie and Zach Butters doing a three-way rotation because Connor Rosie's still good forward, Zach Butters is good forward, and Dunkley's good forward. But is he going to play enough minutes to keep TPP, though? Oh, probably not. I wouldn't think. I think he just slots in the midfield. I think that's what they're yeah. crying out for. I think he just goes in. Um, and I think Rosie and, and Butters have proved solid forwards. Um, they're capable of kicking two, three goals. What did Wines average this year in the mid? Uh, low hundreds. Yeah. Um, I think Dunkley's 110 at Port. I was about to say, I reckon between 110 and 115 if he if stays in the midfield at Port. Uh, Brisbane, I don't know how much pie there is to go around, so closer to 100 at Brisbane maybe. Yeah, the problem I see at Brisbane is Lockie Neal's already a ball winner. He's the contested winning player. Josh Dunkley's a contested winning player, so and he's not better than Lockie Neal, so that's going to hurt his fantasy score. So I think he would go down to probably about, yeah, the 90 mark. Yeah, hence why, as a keeper league holder for Dunkley, he needs to go to Port Adelaide. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, who's next? We might need to breeze through a few of these or just talk about the real big ones. Oliver Henry. The, the rumours are obviously going to Geelong. That'll, that'll, that'll hurt. I don't want to lose him. He's young and he's definitely shown that he can kick a goal a game in a couple of bags. But um, I guess if we're bringing players that are more in the premiership window that we are now in, in McStay... Um, Bobby Hill, I'm still not convinced about, but um, yeah, someone's got to give. So if he wants to go to Geelong, it'll suck to lose him, but um, we got to move on. So good luck to him. Yeah, you can't keep them all. You've got Jack Ginevan, so it's not like you're losing your better forward, like young forward. Um, and like you said, yeah, you can't keep them all. Uh, Liam Henry from Fremantle to blank. They don't know yet, but the Fremantle coach come out today and said that he's lazy, and if he wants to go, he can leave. Yeah, well, all the reports were he was pretty lazy in the waffle, and it hasn't quite clicked for him yet. It might click for him, and he might be a Stengel late, late career um, light bulb moment, but um, seems like Freeman are prepared to let him go if someone comes asking. He was a pick 10 two years ago, so um, I think they'd probably ask for a late first rounder back, or even, well, he hasn't really done anything yet, so maybe a second. He was a pick nine, so you're probably going to have to give a, a real early first or late second. Yeah, I think, yeah. Somewhere in the first round, the back half or early second, we'll get that one done if he wants to go. Looks like there's going to be a few potentially leaving Freo at the end of the year. Yeah, well... Potentially around five at the moment, they reckon, at least. There's a few more on the list, boys. Yeah, I don't know why, um, but hey, we will find out why when it's all said and done. All right, Ben Long to Gold Coast. Yeah, well, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> why you why you want to end up at Gold Coast, I don't know. But, I mean, I say that, but you, you're leaving the Stinky Saints, so kudos. Yeah, Stinky Saints <laughs> to go to a club with even less fans than the Saints, if that's possible. So, I mean, he just likes being anonymous um, and not cared about. So, see you later, Ben Long. Saints, I mean, he's a hard player. I don't get me that wrong, but he's replaceable. Yeah, he's just a filler. Rory Lobb to the Bulldogs. Apparently he's come out 45 seconds ago on Twitter and officially said the Bulldogs. Freeman will say they're not trading him. 
Um, he'll get to the Bulldogs in the end. It might be a higher pick than what Bulldogs want to give up. But yeah, I think Rory Lobb had one good year, so he can also be replaced. Yep, I reckon he's going to end up at the Bulldogs. That deal will get done. Yep, so really good deal for the Bulldogs as well if they get him in for the right price. Doesn't mean they've got to play Stephen Ma- Stephen Martin anymore. Rory Lobb's their backup ruckman. Hopefully it lets Aaron Norton move up the ground more. Good get for Bulldogs. Who's next? Willie Rioli to Port Adelaide. I like this deal, only if it's for Georgiades. Um, straight swap, so everyone wins. Uh, no, in all seriousness, Willie Rioli is, uh, will we say he's an average small forward or above average? Probably an average small forward. He hasn't really blown the world. Below average, I reckon. Yeah, so... Um, he gets- we talked about him last week briefly. Oh, they reckon Port's compensation for Amon, which is like an early second for him. I'm not happy with that. Willie Rioli was a pick 44. He hasn't shown anything. Like, realistically, he's probably like a late third. Like, he's like a nothing trade. He's played like, what, 11 games in three years? I'd have him somewhere in the 30s I'd be comfortable with getting rid of him for. So we'll see where that finishes off haggling. All right, I'm going to put three names together because apparently they're all going to Collingwood. So we've got McStay, Bobby Hill, and Billy Frampton. Oh. Billy Frampton, absolute get for the Collingwood, uh, for the Pies. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> First round pick. <laughs> yeah. No, look, uh, with, with all the reports, I think all three will end up there. The The job will get done, I think. It does. I don't know how many of them fit in the starting team. Uh, Mick Stale obviously fit in the starting team, but after that, the other two would be fighting for spots in Collingwood's starting team, I think. Um, I would have rather they go over a real big fish this trade period, but they chose not to. So there you go. I guess if we keep the goey. Have they have Collingwood got the salary cap to go after the big fish though, considering they're going to be paying six hundred K. Two other players. Two players yeah, today. well, Grundy's gonna go, so that'll free up cash. But yeah, I would have thought there was a bigger fish that they could have got. But um hey. That's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. Hopefully we win one, it doesn't matter. Just bring in the depth. Um, Tanner Bruin to Geelong. I personally feel like he's a bit too young for Geelong's age profile. But uh, no, it's a good get for Geelong in all serious. He'll be a good player. Yeah, same. I, I think he'd be good at Geelong. Yeah, he gets done. I think second rounder. I know he's like a pick 14 or 12 or something, but not. he's good, but he's not blown the world apart yet. I mean, he'll probably be pretty good in the end. Uh, Taranto and Hopper to Richmond. My prediction is I think Taranto gets to Richmond. I don't think Hopper will get there. I think I think both get done. There's they'll uh it, they'll they'll make something out of it. Both of them will end up at Richmond. Yeah, they'll find a way. They'll both be at Richmond. I don't know what the deal is. It's going to be too complex to theorize, but um, it'll yep. get done. Yep, same. It'll be done. So Griffin Logue wants out. Apparently, back to a Melbourne-based team. Um, he's a good player. I think he has potential, and I wouldn't have minded Collingwood going after him for the back line. Um, apparently, the North Melbourne is the front running for him. Was a pick three or, or pick eight or something he was at Fremantle. So um, they would not want to lose him. But if he wants to go, he gets done somewhere in the late first round, maybe, or early second. Maybe early second. So Brody Grundy to Melbourne. This one apparently is over the line. Well, with Jackson coming out, definitely saying Frio now. Uh, if Jackson goes, Grundy's in for sure, I believe. Yeah, M- Melbourne pretty much said as soon as they know about Jackson, they're going to go for Grundy. So, yeah, yeah I dare so say that's going to get done. As soon as, yeah. As soon so, as one deal unlocks the other because I think it'll be one first-round pick for, for Grundy. So, Freeman will trade a 12 or something to Melbourne. They'll probably flick that over for Grundy. Yeah. Um. So, that'll get done. What happens to his fantasy output and Max Gorns for next year? Well, 
Well, that's a very good question. If Grundy's going to be the predominant ruckman like they're telling us, then he will be 100-plus. But I think Gorn's sitting in the 80s to 90s if he's playing predominantly forward. He's not a great forward. Let's he's got a, he's got a, he's got a good contested mark though, so he might he might be a right in the forward line. Who don't know? All his best scores are like playing behind the ball was like that intercept player. That's where he gets his one thirties, one forties. So I think he drops right down, and I wouldn't even have him to kick thirty goals next year as a forward. I reckon both average less than a hundred because both. it's not yeah because it's not going to be Brody Grundy plays seventy percent rock. It's still going to be like a 60-40 split, and they're going to have to find a secondary position for Brody Grundy. And he's never played a secondary position, so I don't know what you're really going to get out of him. That's a very good point. And just to slightly sidetrack, if Grundy and Gorn both don't average 100, who's the top-scoring ruckman next year in fantasy? Is it Tim English? Is it Sean Darcy? Is it someone else? If they're both in the 90s. I reckon it'll be Tim English out of the names you just made, just because he doesn't have... Oh, then again, Rory Lobb's going to go there. Rory Lobb's coming in. You don't know what. That's yep. correct. Yeah. Um, Riley O'Brien could bounce back. He's obviously oh, yeah. a good ruckman. I was about to say, yeah. Riley O'Brien's, he put up some big numbers, Riley. Yeah, which was in the 90s this year. I don't know if he can go any higher. I think the age of the big powering ruckman is going to be over as teams are bringing in two good quality ruckmen now rather than this, the... So will anyone average over 100? Could Darcy Cameron do it for Collingwood? He was in the... Hundreds, wasn't he, Pete, for a while this year? So the only two Ruckmans average over 100 this year were Gorn and English. And English English was 106. Ryle O'Brien just uh, 99.7, so just under. Yeah, so Rick might be right. O'Brien might be that one. And, yeah, the next down was Grundy. Obviously, he didn't play a lot, and uh, Wits was up there at 95 as well. Yeah, well, I think there's, uh, well, maybe we see no hundreds uh, out of Ruckman next year. Possibly. So you're saying now... Fantasy-wise, sell, sell now for Gorn. I think if you had Gorn and you can get a good trade for him, get rid of him because he's already yeah. 31, 32 and his fantasy scores are only going to go down because, like I said, Grundy is the player that doesn't have the backup position. Matt Gorn. Uh, ah! <laughs> oh, oh, my God! <laughs> I'm just so yes! used to saying it now. I'm free of the Matt Gorn curse. There's the <laughs> This is the greatest moment of the podcast yet. That um, curse is done. So um, Max Gorn obviously can play defense off forward, whereas Grundy can't do nothing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing about that. <gasps> oh my god, that is amazing! Thank you, Rick. Uh, I'm just so used to saying it because in our other in our work league, um, Craig's called Matt Gorn in there, so I see it all the time. Too late. You said it on the podcast. Now, no, I shut am. up. You said Matt Gorn first. It's still no. you. Um, so we talked enough about that. So Matt Crouch to a Melbourne team. Yep, averages about eighty in a Melbourne club when yep. he plays a dozen games next year. If he can crack the side, yeah. If but it, no, yeah, I, around around eighty-ish. I would say a little bit higher. He's just an accumulator, probably around the ninety mark. His best can be a one thirty, and he can still drop those types of scores. So he'll be a bit of a seesaw ride, but I think he'll still average around ninety. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Sharp, apparently Fremantle interested. I like this one a lot. If he takes that wing spot that Liam Henry and Blake Akers vacate, he could be an 80-plus wingman. Agree. Only average 45 this year. Yeah, but I felt like he wasn't used like he would be in the big open spaces out in uh, Perth. And in the VFL, he like absolutely dominated and dropped like 130s and 140s as well. So if he gets given the opportunity properly, because at Gold Coast, they still weren't playing him for full games. That's why he averaged so low. 
He could do a Will Brody kind of style. His highest score for the year was 84. Mm, I have him in the 80s to start. Yeah, he played 11 games. And he's uh, coincidentally in Rick's team. Mm. So I do hope he moves. Um, Blake Akers. The Carlton now that seems like a done deal. Apparently, it's only for 50,000 more each year. Mate, you're playing... Oh, both teams are high up in the ladder, I guess. So, yeah, he can go. Like, as I say, if you replace him for Sharp, that sounds like a better deal anyway. And I reckon his fantasy score will go down. I reckon he's just benefited being at another club. He was stinky at the Saints. If he heads back, I reckon he's going to revert back to a stinky scorer. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with that either. And I've left the best till last. Let's talk about another Ruckman. Luke Jackson has nominated to head back to either West Coast or Fremantle. All right, Rick's got a massive stiffy over Jackson this week because of the news about him possibly playing in the centre. Um, but, yeah, what we just talked about before with Grundy going to Melbourne, uh, if Jackson leaves, I think, yeah, it's a done deal. He'll go to he'll go to Frio. Yeah, I think West Coast will sit back and let that unfold because you're not going to choose to go to West Coast over Frio. So. Yeah, well, that's what they said on the radio today. They said, um, oh, God, again, I reckon they talked about if he goes to West Coast, it's a five-year rebuild. So is he going to want to waste five years or come in and have a crack at a flag for the next five years? Exactly. And uh, they were saying on the AFL Trade Radio today that West Coast would be silly to put in a, their foot in the door for it because he's not going to come He's not going to come to West Coast unless there can't be a deal at Frio. So... West Coast might as well sit back and let it unfold, and if they can't come to terms, then then they can come to the table. But yeah, he's he's going to land at Frio for sure. No, I think it's solid that he lands at Frio. It seems to be a pretty done deal from all, everything we hear. So, like Pete says, if it goes pear shaped, then West Coast will enter the fray. Yeah, West Coast have already come out and said they're not trading pick two either. So I just don't think they have anything to get it done. Yeah, neither do I. Um, what do you think about the story of apparently? Because they've come out and said Luke Jackson isn't a key forward because he only kicked like 11 goals or something this year. Agreed. That, that they actually want to are considering playing him as a midfielder because his best work is around the ball, um, like laying tackles and like just being there in the presence around the ball. I don't know how much of the game you could play him around the ball. Um, if you played him as like that high half forward that moves up around the ball role, um, yeah, I could see that working for a while. Um yeah, I think ultimately he's got to play in the rut, but um, he might develop into a better forward or a really big midfielder, like a Mark Blitzel style. That'd be the one you're you're looking at. I don't think he's as nimble and as athletic as Mark Blitzel's, but that's clearly what they're trying to emulate, um, the really tall midfielder. Um, so it is possible to be done. Can Jackson do it? I don't know. You have to lose a bit of weight, I would reckon, if he's going to play that role. It, I think it's a pretty interesting situation. Me and Pete were talking about it off air and... Mark Blicklavs was the player that come to our minds as well. Um, thing is, Luke Jackson is really athletic, and they're talking about him playing alongside Sean Darcy in the midfield. I don't think Sean Darcy can just say, I'm going to be a midfielder for this hit out, though, because he's not the most mobile guy. But it'll be interesting. Um, I do hope it's true. If um, he is going to move, I hope he goes to free and becomes a midfielder because he's in my fantasy team. What do you reckon, Pete? Yeah, I agree with uh, Craig. I think he's... Probably just going to be predominantly a ruckman, but yeah, he needs to work on his forward ability. Uh, he needs to be kicking more goals and eleven goals for the season as a as a key forward if he's resting up there for the ruck. Um, what do you think his fantasy game will be like at Fremantle? If they play him as a midfielder, I reckon he can. If like as a midfielder ruckman, I think he can probably average eighty five. If they've gonna, if this isn't true and he's going to play forward, he'll be sixty five again. 
nothing special. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't see it needs to be convinced before I give him a better score than what he had. Well, his average this year is just shy of 74, but that is our league, so I don't know if that's taken into... Spoils. Spoils in the, might be inflating that a little bit, but yeah. Um, just to throw back, we did miss one name. Collingwood does have the opportunity to land a big fish. So, Tom Mitchell. So, who? Collingwood. Apparently, Tom Mitchell nominated Collingwood. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is a bigger fish. Um, yeah, it's a pretty decent He's still got get, some good footy in him if he's in the right, if he just plays midfield. Um, yeah, I mean, he's cheap get. Hawthorne are prepared to pay some of his contract. It would only but help our midfield rotation. Um, so, no, I have no issues with that whatsoever. That's a decent get if we do get him for the right price. Same with Fiorini. I mean, I'll take one of the two, not both, though, at Collingwood. Get Tom Mitchell out so James Warple can get back in, if you ask me. Oh, get rid of Warple. Warple. I know you talked about keeping him, but just get rid of him, mate. He's a no for me, Warple. I've just got a question to put to you guys about Frio with the potential exodus of at least five Dockers with Akers, Lobb, uh, Meek, Henry, Darcy Tucker apparently possibly leaving. Um, is that going to hurt? Fremantle's depth and do they have the depth to cover that if those players leave uh yeah I think they have the depth I mean they're looking at bringing in a couple too if they bring in Sharp Jackson there was another player they're looking at bringing in as well um they have enough players sitting in the VFL they have a few kids and stuff so I think that they will be fine I mean some of them played in their starting team you had um Akers did Lobb did Logue did Henry didn't Tucker didn't no Tucker's yeah you lose three. I mean, Jackson for Lobb, Sharp for Acres. Only got one more spot to fill. I think they can fill that with um, their depth. It seems pretty good to me. You got to remember, I forget his name, but the young key forward who started playing finals has been good. Um, yeah, miss. Tabiner comes back into the team. Fife comes back into the team for the weekend. They've got Erasmus who's going to come in and be Erasmus. a good player as well. So yeah. I, I think they're fine depth-wise. Um, Rory Lobb's going to be the biggest one that hurts them. Yeah, he is. But Tabiner could come in and play that role. He played it the year before. Yeah, and the thing is, Rory Lobb, he's, like we've already spoke about, he's a one-season wonder. He's been a spud the rest of his career pretty much. Yeah. And what's he done with his hair? Rory Lobb, he has some Jason Ackermanis about him. He's a weird unit, Rory Lobb. Rumours is he's a huge Jack Ginnivan fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Craig, do you want to talk? Craig, want to talk about um, our Keeper League rookie or are we going to go fantasy and draft talk? No, we, we, we've we uh, fantasy and draft talk is what we're just talking about with those uh, trade players. Um, we This is fantasy draft talk. We'll talk a bit about this. So in our Keeper League, we have a rookie spot we started this year. So you got to pick a player that had played less than 10 AFL games and you rookie list them as part of your squad. On the it doesn't, list- doesn't count to your... Yeah, it didn't count to yeah. your keeper team. And it was done post the start of your draft. Yep. So you finished the draft off and you had your 33. We then opened a 34th spot for a rookie. Uh, the rules for the rookie were that they are in your squad, but you cannot play them at all during the year as an emergency on the field. If your short player is too bad, they are literally sitting there as a project player. So uh, there were 10 rookies picked this year, um, and we'll just go through them and say if they were a pass fail, I guess. I'll put them to you guys, and uh, you can tell me. So uh, one team picked Mitch Owens from St. Kilda. He played seven games and averaged 54 points. Most of these players are like 18-year-olds, so first year out. Um, 
What position is he? He plays a midfielder. He played a bit of tagging role, I think, at some point. Um, only a young midfielder, but 54, seven games. Would you be happy with that out of your rookie? Yeah, I think Success so. or not success, I guess. I think that's a success. Yeah, he's a big-bodied midfielder as well, and they reckon he could be like a Jack Steele in the future, so that's a pass for me. Yep. Especially, like you said, if he's played a predominantly tagging role, then mm. that's going to deflate his score a lot. So I think that's a success. Yep. Next one is Economic Dollar from Hawthorne. Played 19 games and averaged 56. So by our league rules, he's played less than 20 games and would be able to be re-rookied next year. So you said, you said before 10. Was it 10 or 20? 10 for uh, when you pick him straight away. But if yeah, you want to hold 20, on to him, it's under 20. If they don't play 20, you can hold him for another year till they do play 20. Um, so that's sitting right on the borderline. Would you re-rookie him or would you put him in your starting team? It's obviously a success. Well, I think you've already, it's not as if like the last rookie only played eight games. He's played 19 games. If you're going to why keep him again, you've already seen a whole season's worth basically. So you've made your mind up regardless. So you either keep keep him um, in your keepers or you get a new rookie. Yeah, I disagree because it's a big gamble to drop him because someone else can rookie him. If he drops him, I'd consider rookieing him over. You can't rookie, rookie him because he's oh, not yeah. part of, yeah, you can yeah, only that's have. Fair. Um, he won't be a part of the draft. Yeah. Um, actually, I agree with Pete then. You either keep him because you're happy with what you've seen or you roll the dice on someone else. Yeah, so definitely I mean, you're, a you're, success. Yeah, uh, you're yeah it is a success. You've been given a good option of do you see him as a long-term mm. player or do you want someone else? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's perfect rookie status for that one. Um, we had Jamara Hugo Hagen who didn't play 10 games in his first year. So in his second year, he played 15 games and averaged 49. Is he a list upgrade? Is he a success? Or is he a wasted rookie spot? I just don't think he's going to convert into a higher scoring fantasy forward. So um, it was worth a punt. You never know what he was going to be. I just don't think he's going to be a Jeremy Cameron role of a key forward who actually scores good fa- fantasy output. So I'd be throwing him back. Yeah, agreed. Second season, you've seen enough now. Not enough to hold him. And yeah, get a new rookie. Yep. So success is that you saw that he played 15 games and you saw what you wanted out of him, but uh, he doesn't cut the mustard, so you cut him loose. Uh, Pete, you had Zach Taylor from the Crows. Zero games this year. Um, but good signs in the sandfall. In the sandfall. Would he be a reconsidered rookie for you at this point in time? Well, I'm going to go back and look at some of his recent games in the sandfall, but um, definitely highly considering give him another season. Would we say fail, though, because he didn't play a game this year? Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, Jacob Ram Ruin from the Melbourne Demons was on someone's list. He just got talked about to potentially play his first game in a final, but now they were out and he played zero games for zero fantasy points. Fail? Yeah, he doesn't get into the Sydney team easily. That's a fail. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even re-rookie him, I don't think. I mean, I think if fail, even if they, if they don't play a game, I think it's still a fail. Yeah. I had Eli Smith from Brisbane who played, talked about really well in the preseason, played zero games. Doesn't look like playing any games. Big fail from me, so we didn't even need to discuss that one. Someone had Mitch Nevitt, who played two games in an average of 46. Fail? Yeah. I don't think I've seen him play, so I can't really comment. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, just going, just going off of no, that. I'll I think just that's go a fail. Field, that's a fail. Uh, next one was probably the most successful one. Ryan had this player. He managed to jag Heath Chapman from Fremantle, who played 15 games in an average of 72. 
he has the option to upgrade him to his primary list or keep him as a rookie for another year. That's a that's a massive win, that one. That's definitely real successful. You'd be stupid to keep him on as a rookie, I think. Just put him in your keepers because he's already averaged 72 in his first year and obviously Ryan did quite a bit of research in snagging that rookie, so he's, he's probably got someone else lined up that he's going to take a punt on for that rookie spot next year. Yeah, could he average? What could he average next year, Chapman? Could he be an 80 player? Well, especially if there's some exodus of some players there, um, like we were talking about depth and that before, he could probably get up to the low 80s, mid 80s. So, massive success. Yeah, success. Uh, we had uh, Rick, I think this is you, had Lee Kalia. Four games for 56 average. Uh, he played the last four games of the year. And I think he got a couple of 70s. So, how do you rate your rookie, Rick? So I picked my rookie on a different basis from everyone else. So if you go back and look at the draft combine records, Lee Lee actually broke a lot of athletic records. Um, he's obviously Sudanese, so he's a really big guy, super athletic. I was personally hoping that he was going to get a stint as a ruckman because of the GWS merry-go-round. Um, but since he did come into the team late, he was good enough to hold his spot. I do think I'm probably leaning towards keeping him for a year and just seeing what he does. Uh, especially because, obviously, in our league, we also have spoils. And, obviously, he's a pretty big guy. And when he did play in defense, he did secure a fair few spoils. So, I'm um, probably going to keep him. But this year, I'd still probably say it's a fail. There was probably better people out there. Because you didn't see enough and you needed to re-rookie him to see more. So, that's why you say fail. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fair. And the last one was Tyler Sonsi from Richmond played six games at an average of 63. I think it was... Uh, the later part of the year, he played six games for Richmond. Um, that's a borderline for me if I would almost keep him and give him another go-round after six games and a 63 average. But, boys? Yeah, I think that's borderline, whether it's success or fail, but I think you need to see a bit more on these six games. But, I mean, for, for six games and 63, I think that's worth giving him another governor, uh, giving him another year to see how he goes. Yep. Yeah, I agree. He's in the same boat as me. It's worth holding that player and seeing what they can do. Because realistically, um, if he's played six games at the back end and Lee Lee played four at the back end, there's no reason they might not play 22 games next year. And then you've got a player who's played 26 games. You're going to know where they're going to be after that and you can have a really good educated guess. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I think a few people have decisions to make. But um, I like the rookie list this year. Made a little bit of interesting uh, reading. I think you should add it to your keeper league if you get the chance. Yeah, if you have a keeper league and you want to know any more about it, send us a message on Instagram. We'll uh, we'll let you know how it went, uh, how he how he did it. But I think it was quite successful. I enjoyed it. It just adds a little bit more excitement to draft day and gives you something to kind of watch throughout the season as well for the rookie. Yeah, good project player. So um, I hope to pick one that plays a game next year. <laughs> Are we got any more fantasy fantasy or keeper league talk before we um settle on? Not really much. We. Got everything we wanted out of it. There were some good scores on the weekend in the finals, but um, finals football's a different game, so it's really hard to judge on the back of finals. Oh, yeah, you can't judge anything. Like, you got to judge more just pressure, somewhere. more tackles. Yeah, it's harder to judge. Yeah, it's a so, completely different ball game. Mm. All right, Rick, what listener questions do we have this week? All right, so from at Lancaster22, he has a question of why doesn't Rick like me? Mate, I do like you. You're a fan of the podcast. You're a loyal listener. I'm all about it. Start sending in some footy questions and I'm happy to read them out. Um, the next question is from Humble Abode Adelaide. So how do you predict Essendon to go next year? That's a very loaded question. I don't mind talking about Essendon for a minute. 
they don't have a coach, they don't have a CEO, and they are finding it very hard to attract any new players on the back of no one knows what's going on at Essendon. Um, their team now is clearly not good enough to make the finals. Um, by trading no one in, um, I think they're going to look at that bottom six, seven spots on the ladder. Um, you can't get better. I don't think they have the kids to get better naturally. Um, so I think they need to get a coach quick and hopefully they don't go James Hurd because I think that's a backward step. You can't have literally. someone literally ruin your football club for the last 10 years and then bring him back in to make it better. Yeah. Um, he fucked the place. So I, I can't, it's crazy. It's unfathomable that he is now up for coaching again. I think that is madness. I, I don't know why they're interviewing him. Is it just a piss take? Um, yeah. Or maybe that's just that no one wants to come to Essendon and now they're forced to take yeah, the guy who got, ruined their club. They've got to take what's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They've the got guy no ruined their club. Um, one thing that I read was funny is they did inquire about after just Justin Longmire. And he said he considered it for an hour before declining the job. So, obviously, there's not many takers for that coaching role. Jeez, he considered it for an hour, though. I'd be a little worried if I was Fremantle. He took an hour to consider it. Shit, he's coach of Fremantle. Oh, whoops. No, oh, you're talking about no, the Sydney one? No, 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 the old Fremantle coach. Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon. Oh, Ross Lyon. I was yeah, going to say, I was bad. like, whoa, this is a bombshell. We need a, like a nuclear bomb thing, Peter. Oh, Ross Lyon. Yeah, well, everyone's laughed at their approach that's come to them. Like, no one takes that club seriously. And I put it to you, Peter. I think you're the best place to answer this. If this was the Adelaide Crows and Don Pike, after the camp saga, decided that he wanted to come back and be the Crows coach again, would you want that to happen? No. That's that's the equivalent of taking James Hurd back. Yeah. Is why, why, why would you, after the, the saga that's happened... He's gone for a reason. I mean, I know we just said that they might not have another ch- uh, another coach to choose from, but you, why, why bring someone back that caused massive issues for your club? Yeah, we spoke about it long last week. Like, you just do a Collingwood and you take a pun on someone like Craig McRae. You don't bring back some someone you know that hasn't delivered goods. I'd rather, yeah, you'd rather be taking a punt on an, even like and another assistant coach somewhere or someone like even if they haven't had the major role before, just. Like you, you know what you've had from the lot from the last coach. So just take a punt on a new one. Silly, silly to even consider it. It's interesting you've said they've had no development. So I just want to throw some teams out to you, and you tell me if you think Essendon can finish higher than them. Okay. Hey, let's do it. Well, before you say that, I think Essendon are going to finish between fourteen and eighteen next year. Yeah, but yeah, the, I'm just looking at the ladder. That's what made me think about. It. So do you think they can finish higher than Gold Coast? No, no, nah, not. I not think Gold Ben Coast. King comes back and they get better. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Hawthorne? No. Nah. <gasps> Hawthorne getting in. Amon losing Tom Mitchell. Yeah, but you've got to think about Hawthorne's young development's going to be where yeah. they grow the most next year. Josh Ward's going to get better. John Newcomb's going to get better. Mitch Lewis is going to get better. Mitch they're Lewis go- is the big one. If yeah. he kicks 50 goals, I think they're better. So, yeah, I'll have Hawthorne better. I think Hawthorne are better next year for them. The Crows? Oh, Crows won more games than them this year. So, yeah, I think Crows can do it again. Yeah, I agree. I just think the Crows had a pretty pretty bad year. I think the Crows' list on paper is better than it looks. They just had a bad year. Um, GWS? GWS should be yeah. better on paper, but... Well, exactly. I was about to say the same thing. On paper, they should... They should be they should. like the top eight team on paper, but I don't know where they're at, so I don't know about that one. Yeah, they, sh- they should stomp them, but um, I mean, if we're going off this year, who knows? Yeah, I think GWS are the same boat. They just had a really shit year. Um, West Coast? 
No, they're not better than West. Uh, they are better than West Coast. Yeah. Sorry, West Coast won't. They'll they'll finish above West Coast. You don't think that West Coast all these COVID rules really hit them this year, and you don't think they can bounce back to be a lot more relevant than two wins next year? Well, Frio in the same same state, and they they didn't get. I mean, I'm sure that the COVID rules affected it to some degree, but they were just shit house. They got belted every week, and they got two wins for the year. Like West Coast is so bad. They are. In real danger of being overtaken by North Melbourne next year and finishing bottom. Yeah, and that was my next question. North Melbourne? Not going to be better than Essendon, no. Essendon still have good players. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the last question is, is Colby going to make it on an episode of the Footy Feast podcast? Uh, That's a very good question. For those who don't know, Colby is my dog. He is a beautiful beagle of five years. There is a chance he may make it onto the podcast one week. Um, Albie's had a few barks in the background, so uh, yeah, we can get him onto the podcast. Sure, he would love to come along and have a go. He's not very, uh, not very vocal though. He can be vocal if he wants dinner. Um, so you say we need a, if, if he's going to be on the podcast, he needs to be uh, a little hungry for. He needs to share for dad's any, dinner for, yeah. any con- for any contribution. No, he needs to be hungry for more football content. <laughs> well, that is true. He does love his football. He watches it regularly with me. So, uh, yeah. Free feast podcast dog jackets. I don't mind that going forward. We could be onto something. When's our new logo coming? Are we going to have that soon? It should be. We'll hopefully have the final product by the end of this week. Um, oh, and then big unveiling next week. Possibly next week or the week after, logistics-wise, of just the um, rebranding. Yeah, so this is very exciting for those listeners. We will have a new logo out and we're really going to launch into our content, maybe try and push some of those other guests that we've had before again for those people to get a listen um, that haven't yet. And, and uh, speaking of guests, Rick has his reach out. Rick, reach out. Rick, reach out! <laughs> So I've had a bit of a success in actually getting people to come on. Um, so we've got a couple of people pending in the books now. Um, but so this week I didn't actually try to reach out to someone to get them on the podcast. I reached out on behalf of my boy, Clayton Oliver. So I messaged Jared Berry and said, you're a grub. How dare you eye gouge the king and savior Clayton Oliver? I mean, that's a solid reach out and Jared Berry hasn't come back yet. No, he's too afraid to come at, come back now. He knows he's a grub. He got away with it. Don't come to Adelaide, Jared Berry. Or you'll be in trouble. Don't come visit your brother. You're banned. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So you said uh, that it's been success and you got a couple of guests pending. Are you going to- Any hints? Any hints or any name drops at all? I'll just drop- Well, there's already been a hint this podcast. I called Craig out for naming Norwood as his favorite uh, team. So- yeah. If you follow their SNFL, they don't play for Norwood. They play for the other team in the grand final. So have a think about it and you might be able to figure out who we're having on next week. And uh, is there an AFLW player in the works potentially? Yes, potentially there is, but we'll keep that one on the hush-hush for another. That's a story for another time. And we will try to increase our AFLW content. I know I watched a lot in the first couple of weeks, but it's been... A little bit harder lately to watch it, but we are actively trying to watch more AFLW and keep up to date to add it to our podcast. 